0: uh what's up mike what's up walker should we do this let's do it
1: welcome to walls down podcast welcome to walls down people make fun of me i'm walker i'm mike we're your hosts (laughs) i was gonna say people Make fun of me for saying Walls Down Podcast. They're like, yeah, we know it's a podcast. You don't have to say Walls Down Podcast. <laughs> man, just do it. Just say whatever I want. Yeah, it's man. my. It's our show. Exactly. Just say what I want. Uh, what's going on, Mike? How's your week?
0: The week is good. Um, Christmas is approaching. Excited about that. I'm not going home for the holidays, which is uh, something new for me. I'm spending yeah. it in New York. But I feel good. I don't feel any sort of like sadness or like shame or anything i'm leaning into that like you know what i'm gonna do the holidays in new york for the first time i'm looking for some opportunities to like go give back and like you know be of service Hmm. so i'm taking full advantage of that and what are you gonna do or what are you looking for so in new york you have to sign up for like things you want to be of service at so if i want to do like a toy drive i have to like do research and sign up for mm. it you can't just like show up and do it like new york cares yeah have you done. Yeah. yeah yeah so i've done some research about that and mm-hmm. then yeah i just need to pick one and like commit um all my family knows i'm not coming back no one's giving me shit about not mm. coming back so that's cool um and the tickets were just expensive yeah they're like fifteen hundred dollars to go back to l.a <laughs> And that know. and that is with a stop with like a with the layover, yeah. Well, That's I mean, not a direct flight. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm not about to pay fifteen hundred dollars. Like, yeah. yo, I don't even have fifteen hundred dollars to pay.
1: Well, Christmas in New York is nice. I like. It. I mean, I've been. I have went and saw my sister in Nashville last year. But before that, I stayed, and I'm staying this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think I worked on the two when I was two years before that on christmas day yeah so yeah i don't know it's it is weird to not go home for it though i like mm-hmm. always before that i think it was the first time i ever just didn't go home for yeah. christmas um but i don't yeah no one gave me shit either they're just like makes sense you gotta yeah. stay
0: so I'm thinking about going back in February when it's like brick outside and I hate the weather and I'm like depressed. <laughs> uh, if
1: you're not from New York, brick means cold. Very I found that cold. Out. I found that out last night. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's very cold.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I just been reading a shit ton at yeah. uh, this coffee shop that I go to. And I I was telling you before we got on the show that I love and enjoy. I'm starting to love and enjoy reading. Mm. You know, I had this, like, story that I told myself that, like, oh, you know, I didn't like reading or Mm -hmm. I didn't read fast enough or, you know, I couldn't comprehend the books or retain the information. And that was, like, the biggest lie, you know. (laughs) And all I had to do was just go and sit and just read. Yeah. You know, and what I've learned is that I actually enjoy sitting and reading. Yeah. And, like, I can retain the information and what I do is like just highlight what I'm reading or what's important to me in that chapter or in that page or in that paragraph and it helps me retain the information yeah and I've been like cranking out books
1: yeah that I mean I'm same way like I always I thought I like hated reading Mm -hmm. couldn't do it and I don't know if it was like cause I didn't really like school and they made you read in school and I hated that. So I just wouldn't do it. But yeah, like, and then I always felt embarrassed that I like didn't read a lot or yeah. like, people would be like, Oh, have you read that? I'm just like, Nope. Yeah. Nope. I haven't read that. I haven't yeah. read that. Yeah. And that we were talking about this before, but yeah, like I also have started reading stuff now. It is interesting though, because I mean, this was a side note. I feel like I don't retain, like I'll read a book and I'm like, Oh my God, it's so great. And I'm like, for like a month, I'm like thinking about it. And then like few months later, I'm like, what was that book about? Like mm-hmm. I, what, what was like, I read that, uh, the four promises, mm-hmm. you know, that book. And I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't think I can remember one of them. Like <laughs> I, just, I got, that was all, that was the main point was these four like sentences. And I don't, <laughs> but I was like, well, whatever. I'm sure something like stuck in there. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I uh, Oh, and then last week,
0: not last Yeah, was it last week? I turned nine years sober. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Shout out yeah. to me. Nine years sober. Yeah. Which is fucking wild. It's a big deal.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> to be nine years sober and not old. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean... Still young. <laughs> yeah. What is it? So, what, what did it feel like? What was it? I mean, it was just like another day or... To me, it felt like
0: another day because it's like when I turned 29, I was like, oh, like... You know, I'm still in my 20s, but I'm not in my early 20s, like, and I'm like, oh, man, I want to be 30. So, like, with this, it's like that uh, purgatory year where it's like, oh, I'm nine. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a shit, it's shit ton of time. Yeah. But, like, I'm already, like, projecting into, like, I'm trying to be 10 years sober now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm trying to get those double digits. It's like
1: that competitive nature yeah. thing coming out. Yeah.
0: I want to tell people, like, yeah, I'm 10 years sober.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I remember, and and again, this is not a sobriety podcast. Yes, it is not. Someone I was, a friend of mine was saying, he was like, he was like, I don't feel this way, but you know, you want to make sure, don't make it all about sobriety. He was like, I don't think you are, but but anyway, just Mm -hmm. putting that little disclaimer out there. But like, I remember when I was first got sober and I was like, I was like, Once I kind of was into it and bought into it, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. before I even had a year, I was like, I want to have like five years right now. Like I want to be like, and then like when I got five years, I'm like, ah, who cares about five years? I want to have 10 years. Yeah. And so it is funny how that just this nature of like wanting to be the next thing further ahead of where you actually
0: are as opposed to like just being where I'm at right now and like enjoying it. And yeah, I enjoy it. I'm excited. It's, I didn't plan on being sober this long. I didn't you know even want to be sober at this long yeah and points of my sobriety i was just like you know this is part of you know the results of just staying sober yeah yeah but yeah i'm grateful for it you know Mm -hmm. it's wild to like look back and think like oh man i was 22 when i got sober and like when people would say like oh i have like five years i have nine years Yeah, yeah you know i have 10 whatever I'd look at them like, how the hell did you hmm. get that, you know? Yeah. And now when I meet, like, someone that's new or someone that, you know, is older than me, and they're like, how much time do you have? And I'm like, nine years. They're like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. I'm on the other side of it, and I'm, like,
1: the old-timer, not, you know, like, <laughs> the guy that has time now. And they are in your head, are you like, I don't feel like that, like, I don't feel like this person that, or do you? Um. At times I feel like it when I'm around like
0: really, really new people in the program because yeah. it's just like this, the stuff they're talking about and the stuff I'm talking about is like two polar opposites mm. and I can relate to where they're at in their sobriety or in life because I was there and that was me at one point. Yeah. And then now I'm just like, no man, I'm me. You know, I'm like young and still, you know, yeah, running around like
1: exploring, you know, figuring things out, making
0: mistakes. Um,
1: Yeah, there. I mean, and it's also just even thinking about, like, you know, you might talk to somebody who's, like, just even just younger, whether they're younger in variety or they're just, like, younger. Like, it's like when I think about, we were kind of talking about this earlier, like, you talk to somebody who's, like, 20 or whatever, and they're saying something, and a part of me is, like, oh, man, like, oh, like, I... You could, if you could like see things this way, it might really help you have like more mm-hmm. peace or you're like, yeah. oh I man, it's like you want to help them feel differently or yeah. feel more peace. But it's like, if I think about myself at 20 or so, you know, it's like some things you just have to go through you, things. Yeah, you can't exactly. like tell them a secret little sentence yep. and then they're going to take it in and it's going to change. It's like, you yeah. just have to live.
0: Yeah. To, they have to hit their head against the wall. Yeah. The, the one thing that does uh, sort of, I don't want to say weird me out, but like. Like, yeah, I guess it weirds me out is when I meet someone older than me Hmm. and they either have more time than me or less time than me. And they're like, oh, how much time do you have? And I'm like, nine years. And if they don't hear me and they assume it's nine months, and I'm like, no, nine years. And they look at me like, oh, wow. (laughs) Like, how old are you? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I tell them my age and they're like... Damn, you got sober young. (laughs) So that that sort of weirds me out because I'm just like, oh, like, what are you thinking? Yeah, damn, I am young. (laughs) I did get sober, mad young. Yeah. So, other than that, I mean, life is good. I'm super grateful for my sobriety. Without that, Hmm. I definitely wouldn't be here with you or living my dream of living in New York. Yeah. Yeah, there's just so many possibilities that i have now that like i'm sober so yeah yeah i give all the gratitude to the program and everything else
1: congratulations thank you thank you what's going on with you talk to me um hmm i mean this was a pretty you know sometimes it's funny i this i recognize this a lot where I'm at a place in my life where I have a job that I love. I have a life that I like, I have very routine. You know, my weeks kind of sometimes they, I sort of like, I'm like, okay, it's Monday, like starting the week. And then I'll just like blink and I'm like, oh, it's Friday. And I'm like, oh, it's a weekend. All right, what I gotta do this weekend. And I'll blink. I'm like, oh, it's Sunday night. Like, I'm getting ready to go to bed and it's gonna be Monday. And like, Mm -hmm. it's like things fly by. And it's like I don't want that. Like I like my life and I want to experience it, but I feel like I'm just like it's like everything goes by so quickly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and so so it's funny, like I try to think of like, oh yeah, I'm about to talk on a podcast. So I should think about what happened to me this week. And I'm like, I just I mean, like I had a couple friends in town, like one who had one I hadn't seen in like five years, one I hadn't seen in two years, and like that was really cool, but it's sort of just like, you know, it's like in your routine you're just like going 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 Mm -hmm. and so taking that like it is hard i try to be very like mindful and present and being like don't like i definitely don't want to like work for the weekend because i also love my job which i think that's a part of it is like maybe if i like hated my job yeah i would it would drag by or if i wasn't like i like i love my job and i'm very busy so -hmm. i think that just like you're just like constantly moving and almost like i don't have the time um I did actually, I just now thought of this. I did meditate every day. Oh, I didn't yesterday, but like I've had this relationship with meditation. You know, people have always said like how good it is for you. And I've had at times in my life where I did, was doing it regularly and other times where I'm like, Oh, I need to be doing it regularly. And other times where I just wasn't doing it all. And I yeah. do think that actually helps Yeah. with uh, sort of like slowing everything down. It definitely helps. Like sometimes my work can be super high stress and, if I just even take five or 10 minutes and try. And for me, I think, and for other people I've talked to, I think the, um, like a misconception about meditation is that I'm like, if I say I meditate, I'm putting quotation marks, Mm -hmm. meditate for 10 minutes that I'm like sitting there perfectly clear minded, floating on a Zen cloud for 10 minutes, probably seven of those minutes or more. My mind is like off thinking about like, some idea I have, or like so I, like it's almost like I can I've done it enough that I can like feel my mind feels like it's pulling in different directions, like I feel a physical pull. Mm-hmm. And so and then uh, it's just like the meditation is just the go, like recognize that and go like bring it back to like yeah. bring it back to sitting your Sitting where I'm sitting, yeah, yeah. feeling red, all that. And it seems so like, what would that do for you? Like who cares? Like just doing that, like and you're kind of just sitting there thinking, but like really it sets my days up where I'm just more calm. Like I can be stressed as hell, go do that. And it's not like I feel like I took a Xanax or something, but I feel like I am just like everything is slowed down a little bit. And also sometimes those thoughts that I have, it's almost like clarity. Like Mm -hmm. if I sit there, I might have clarity on a thought that I've been bouncing around in my head, maybe kind of in the middle ground, not in my subconscious, but not in my conscious mind will kind of, I'll get some clarity on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, shout out uh, for a plug for meditating. Yo, meditation is the shit. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> I, I texted Mike. Mike was like, are you on your way over? Because I'm going to meditate real quick. So. Yo,
0: I meditate. I try to meditate every morning. And the reason why I do it is, yeah, like you said, it sets me up for clarity throughout yeah. my day. And it helps me not attach to what someone said, what someone didn't say, mm. uh, what negative thought I'm having, even what positive thought, yeah. cause I can take a positive thought and go into fantasy land mm-hmm. and just live there because it's safe in fantasy oh, land. Oh, totally. Totally. So like for me, like what I've learned in my meditation practice is just to sit and let the thoughts just go by yeah, and yeah, not yeah. attach to them, you yeah. know, whether it's positive, negative, whatever, indifference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that sets me up for the day of not attaching myself to like different things totally. throughout the day because
1: there's so many thoughts that are going through. That you can just get locked yet. into. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I definitely think that's like, as a kid, I loved like fantasy stuff mm-hmm. and like playing with toys and like building these little worlds and stuff. And I think as I got older, I remember when I, I used to have a lot of trouble sleeping. Yeah. And what one of the main things I would do is I would lay in bed and I would go back in my mind to things I regretted or things that like yeah. had happened or I had done or mm-hmm. not done. And it was almost like I would, in my mind, I had this magic time machine where I would like, okay, if I had done this differently, okay, then this would have this And then I would catch up to the present and I would be like, that's what my present would be like and it would, how different it would be. And then I would go into the, I'd be like, and then and I would be like this. And so it was like I would do this. Where I was just like living these crazy, and I remember doing that when I was like in like fifth grade or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, if I'd started playing basketball when I was in like third grade, I did that I'd too. be like so good now. I suck at basketball. Or if yeah. like I'd started playing the guitar, you know, I would be so cool now. And then <laughs> I could start a band now. And this is and like it was just like a way to escape whatever I was uncomfortable about yep. in my present. Yeah, um, and it would just keep me up. Like I remember as a kid. You know, like when I was an addict, I would stay up all night for a lot of reasons, but you know, some weren't necessarily, I was just like laying in bed. There was some, I had some chemical help, but when I was a kid, sometimes I would get in bed and I would stay up till seven, eight, sometimes I would just stay up all night until and then go to school just because I would just be laying in bed. I didn't watch TV. I wasn't, I didn't have a TV in my room or anything. I was just thinking. And I was just like, I'm an insomniac or I'm like, uh, I can't sleep or whatever. And then. As I've, you know, done a lot of work on letting go of regret and shame and guilt and then working on, like, trying to be present. I actually, like, I, someone taught me, like, sleep. That was when I first started meditating was, like, sleep meditations mm-hmm. to, like, bring myself here. It's like, man, I sleep like a fucking baby now. Like, for the first time in my life and I never thought I'd be like this, I can be like, all right, I'll 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 get in bed at whatever time and I'll, I'll be asleep in 15 minutes. You know, and I, like, used to, that was mind-blowing to me before when people I would wish. say that. but it's like I have I do these things that it's almost like even if something is on my mind I have ways of kind of setting it aside For it's like you're here to sleep you're not going to solve the world's problems you're not going to solve your things you're angry about or stressed about you're not going to solve it from your bed you're here to sleep and like I don't know it's something a lot when I you know talk with people a lot of people I know have sleep problems. And I think it's just this place where you can't distract yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like we distract ourselves all day and then you go in the dark and you're laying there and you can't do anything else. Your mind is like it It shows me where I'm at as far as like my peace of mind is when I lay down. Yep. <laughs> but, yep. Uh, all right. Well, so let's take a break. And we've got uh, Adam on with us. who's yeah. going to come tell us his story. My and uh, is here. So, yeah, we'll be right back.
0: All right, welcome back to the Walls Down Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike. I'm Walker, and today we got one of my new friends, Adam, um, coming out sharing his experience with us. I want to thank you for uh, coming out.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Um, let's go. <laughs> so, so you know, we always start uh, just to share with people. How how do you identify?
2: Um, I didn't. I identify as African American, cisgender.
1: All right. All I like right. that. Straight yeah. to the point. So, uh, what? <clears throat> sorry. What are some of the first messages you remember getting about what it was to be a man? So
2: for me, it was a little different, just because I didn't. For the most part, I don't remember my father. He was there for the first three years of my life, but that's not like really where you retain most of the memory. Mm. So, I was really raised by my mother and my grandmother, and my sister, she was around too. So, it was really a woman household. Mm. To be a man really came from, I guess, I would say TV or just like since I grew up in Harlem, just the surrounding area for me. Like, I had my uncles with that's what quotes, but for the most part, it was just I think I grew up in a household where you. I empathize more with women or mm. I felt like I had more feminine qualities than anything sure, sure yeah
1: was your sister older or younger
2: sister was younger by a year and a few months gotcha yes yeah, so I guess that's like Irish twins that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so what were from from television in your environment what were some of those things you first remember of Either you know, like whether it was like a direct, this is what a man is, or if because you were around a lot of women, was it sort of in contrast to women? Or
2: I felt like for the most part I was confused because I was the kid that was picked on for from elementary school up until high school, and that's mainly because I couldn't represent myself. I felt like I wasn't able to identify with a lot of the the other boys in in my school. Mm. I wasn't the bully. I wasn't. This really high-strung kind of guy. I always wanted to just play games, draw pictures, always just chill, be relaxed. But when you look at a lot of these, especially like things like BET or UPN, a lot of our those movies, just like for black people, they always portray black people as the thugs. The black male is mm. always the thug, the aggressor. He's the guy who's the womanizer. But for... Even growing up in Harlem, a lot of the guys who in my neighborhood, we all grew up in that same kind of surrounding with just all women household. Because that's one of the things a lot of people don't talk about. We don't have father figures most of the time. Yeah, and I think it always it was always a challenge growing up. It was definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was the challenge?
2: Number one challenge was the bullying factor. Mm-hmm. When. I always tried to be the tough guy. I wanted to yeah. fight back, but it took my teachers. I didn't fight back until second grade, and I remember it was um, my teacher, Mister Zoni. She was like, "Adam, you have to stand up for yourself because you wow. can't keep letting every guy beat you up." Wow. And that it took a lot. And I remember when he hit me, I hit him back, and I started crying, and I just kept going. But my teacher, she allowed it because she was just like, "Adam needs to learn how to defend himself because wow. he." if he can't grow up in a world where he's not able to stand up for himself or be afraid to stand up for himself
1: what an, that, I mean that's such an intense message to get from a te- you know normally you get this the teacher is breaking up the yeah, fight or you're yeah. getting in trouble but to to almost kind of see like not like oh I should and not that she was to say she was wrong or anything but like not that the message wasn't like oh I need to address the kid who is bullying you but to to say to you kind of you need to stand up for yourself yep
2: i think it was just from along because most of my teachers they knew my mother they knew me my family my mother was very involved in a school system and they knew they knew how she was raising me and my sister i was the kind of guy who hugged his best friends i remember i used to my friend first friend was jonathan that was in kindergarten used to always walk up to him give him a big hug mm and everybody else they gave fives and stuff but for me even to this day giving hugs is one of the things i use to like identify with people because
1: it it's Hug, com- hugs between men are a big theme on Yo. this podcast
2: a lot of people are afraid to give hugs yeah but I'm like it's like you have to break I've, I've never had a barrier where i thought hugs were uncomfortable but other guys especially in like the 90s you'll hear slurs like that's gay or yeah. that's and i was like It's just, this is how I like to show love for people. it's it's nothing weird with it, but at the same time, I didn't feel the need to, I didn't want to defend myself for those kind of things, because I thought, why should I defend myself for being myself? Which always felt weird, but my teachers, they really wanted me to, I I felt like since they were so evolved, it made it feel like they were family, so them Mm -hmm. seeing me get bullied all the time. They always that was one thing they always told my mother, parent teachers, like, Adam needs to stand up for himself. He needs to really he needs to be strong for himself because mm. my mother, she did fight most of my battles. She if a kid picked on me, I would come home and I'll say, mommy, somebody was bullying me at school. Somebody said something about you. And she was always the strong person for me. She was always my role model of what was strength.
1: Yeah. How would she what did she model? What, what how did you see her defend you?
2: she would she would mark if i said the day before that a kid was bullying me she would be right on the line with me the next day waiting to go talk to that kid's mother talk to the principal talk to the teacher because she was it was unacceptable for mm-hmm. her she wasn't afraid to she wasn't afraid to be the the man and the woman in the family yeah back in that time yeah. i feel it's not i don't even think it's like being a man in the family i think she was just she took on I think there's just strong parents and I think she took on the full strength of being just like a dual parent and just being in one person and she I guess she became my hero really yeah wow
0: do you feel like because your dad wasn't there do you feel like you missed out on things growing up without a father
2: I think about it these days I feel like there's some things that I missed out on like I may would I have been maybe more into sports or mm-hmm. would I have I don't know, it's just certain activities I don't feel like I've gotten a chance to do. But then I think about like on my final year of high school, I got to meet so many different role models that weren't that weren't my father, but mm-hmm. like I I ended up in youth group like in I think eleventh grade. And I met a guy named Josh Goodwin. And for all purposes, I think he became my mentor and one of my father figures in Mm. life. And even though it was like later in the game, it made me, I feel like I was able to ask questions. That's where he was one of the first people who taught me to be comfortable talking about what is love and what are certain things that I want in a relationship. Even Not even just like relationship and like your partner, but just also like, your friends and everything just start to question these kind of things. And he was always there to answer. Hmm. Yeah. And that's when I learned what mentors were too. I started helping out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to like when, cause that it's such an, it's like, a, it's not a beautiful image, but that, that idea that where you were hitting the kid and you started crying and you're hitting him, like there's just so much in that, that image. So once you did start, you said you started to defend yourself, what was that like as far as as far as feeling being true to yourself, but doing this thing that was being asked of you of like defending yourself? You know what I mean?
2: It always felt emotional just because that wasn't the only fight I've been in my life. That was the first one, just because it's it's so poignant in my mind, but I think about every fight that I've ever had, and there was always tears after it, just because I never. It was such a tense motion. I felt so much anger, and I felt so much sadness. And it wasn't. It was. It made me feel sometimes even a little shame because I was like, "That's not me." Mm -hmm. And I. I don't see myself as an aggressive person. I see myself as somebody who's like a gentle, a gentle soul. Mm -hmm. But those situations, it felt like I had to do that just because I needed to defend honor. Yeah. And I didn't even know I have to. Mm -hmm. felt weird that yeah is it honor
1: yeah yeah no i mean we we've talked about that on here and you know as i've heard people's kind of reactions to the podcast it's like i i I don't know if it is a universal experience but maybe and maybe because i identify a lot with what you're saying as far as this idea like i've also been a lot of fights and you know we've said like before, like, as everyone's, like, you're talking, you're, you know, you're yelling back and forth or it's about to happen. And then after, like, I always had, like, tears. Even though I was, like, in my 20s, like, I have, like, tears in my eyes and, like, felt scared and felt, I mean, yes, it is, a, like, a lot of emotion going in. Maybe that, I, I, I like the way you said that, like, maybe it was for me that it was just counter to who I was, but I felt like it was something I was supposed to do or something I, like... <sighs> It wasn't in the front of my mind that, like, wow, this isn't me, but I'm putting it on. But maybe it was, like, inside me I knew that, you know? And so, it was this weird. So, what did that kind of balancing that or or that thing, like, what did that look like as far as you in the world? Like, going into middle school, going into high school, like, what did you, what were you like?
2: Well, going into middle school, I became, I felt like I was trying to become... There was the persona of me when I hung out with my friends. With my friends, I could be myself. I remember my group of friends. We were we were for all purposes the nerds. Mm. We would play Yu-Gi-Oh, we played all of these different board games and it felt good. But in school, if somebody said anything to me, I would always try That's middle school was when I got into the most fights because I felt like I had to always defend myself. And that's I think that was when I was really trying to define who I was, but mm. it always left me feeling weird. Cause I remember this one kid, he kept picking
1: on me and how would he, what would he pick at? He would, he would just,
2: he will always, anybody who ever talked about my mother that really hurt me just because she was, mm-hmm. like I said, my hero. So yeah. if mm-hmm. people kept talking about my mother it would always just get to me, but words, I knew not to hit people because of words, words are not something to just touch somebody about. But, um, I remember he kept going and one day he took my backpack and he hit it and I didn't know where it was for the whole day and I don't know why that got to me but on my way out of class I just started crying in the hallway and then all of my teachers they came and they walked me out and they tried talking to me then I just called my mother and told her the situation and that was the one time where I broke the persona where I was trying to become this guy who defended myself and always fought back but I couldn't but the smallest thing was the one that hurt me that was like Mm, the one mm. that felt like he took something that was it took it was more than a backpack it felt like it felt like he just he took me for a second yeah yeah but it wasn't until high school where it wasn't until high school where i met um one of my good friends Matthew boyd and that's when i stopped trying to identify on what the neighborhood wanted me to be Mm. but just be myself around all of my friends because those were the only people that really mattered to me for they became my family or the extended family Mm -hmm. and i was able to become me i started noticing glimpses of me and as i got older that's when things i started to really become able to just be the loving person i wanted to be hug my friends and just like not be afraid to be like, oh man, you're looking really handsome today, and all of mm. those. It feels good to just be able to embrace those kind of things in my life now.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So as you started, as you as you started to find your identity and be comfortable in in that kind of who you were, how did the world respond, or right? like how did people respond to you?
2: I think. In the modern age now, and I would say in the area that I live in, in the in communities that I interact in, people respond really well to it. It's, I feel like this isn't, it's definitely not too different for this community. But if I had to go back into like my school, like if I had to visit all of the kids from my school and stuff, mm. and I had to just start hugging them and just saying, Oh, you look beautiful today. And I'm positive I'm going to get a little bit of a glimpse, of like, is he flirting with me? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, It's going to be a little bit more than what it really is. Yeah, And it's just me just being me. Hmm. But I feel like the world in certain pockets, the world is okay with it, but I don't know how, I feel like I live in this bubble in New York city where I definitely don't get the chance to see how people outside of the city will react to hmm. how I act or react. Yeah. How I, per- how I portray myself
1: you you touched on something that i think is really important and you kind of like it says for like there is there is this thing of like and i and i i feel comfortable enough to say that this is more of in circles of men that think like everything is kind of sexualized where it's yeah. like you know what i mean yeah. like everything we do it's like whoa what like, does that mean what do you get yeah you like yeah, yeah yeah, and, like, that, it's such an interesting thing that I don't, you know, I can't speak for being a woman, but I don't hear it nearly as much where, like, if a woman says to her friend, like, oh, you look at her, I don't think she's, like, is she coming on to me, or?
2: But true, I do agree to that, but even down to, like, I think it's different for them, because then we sexualize everything oh, they see. yeah. Like, even me, I have to reel myself in sometimes because somebody saying good morning to me does not mean that they're attracted yeah. to me. And I have to tell myself, calm down, bro. She just say good morning to <laughs> <laughs> No, for, yeah, no,
1: exactly. Like, <laughs> yes, like, and, and I'm like, I'm definitely not putting myself above anything like that. Like, you know, like making everything, especially like when I'm on the radar for that, like, when i'm not in a relationship but and i know my girlfriend listens but yeah she like i i do like you do see things as because you're just so hyper attuned to sexual advances and sexual that or, or like not even hyper attuned you're like manufacturing them yeah in your yeah. mind and so and I, I wonder if that is a part of why that plays in between men like we're so afraid of like you know hugging each other or like complimenting each other um So, I think that kind of leads into something as you. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, okay. If, well, I was thinking about that, like, if we're growing
0: up and our role models are like, you know, sports and like actors or music, and if they're not expressing themselves with like hugs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, I know for me, that wasn't like part of like my culture or like what I was like shown. Yeah it was like the opposite of that yeah so like when i met you and like you get leaned in with a hug my first thought was like what are you doing <laughs> you know it was like yeah, nah yeah. bro like my hand is out here like <laughs> you know but that was yeah. it wasn't because i thought you were gay or like it like you're weird it was just like that's not what i'm
1: accustomed yeah, to yeah. doing no and like and i've you know i i Welcome back to Walls Down Podcast. We had a little bit of a uh, technical error there. We're the good though. Card got full. I don't think we lost too much. I can't really tell, but uh, yeah. So we were talking. We were talking about sort of sexualizing things, and yeah, um, I, I, it made me think about. So you said you kind of found your your people in high school, and, like, you could be yourself. So, in this, the realm of sexuality, and, and, and so, once you started to be yourself, how did that fit into your interaction in relationships or in, you know?
2: I started, um, like, me and Mike. Mike stops into the coffee shop I work at, and one of the things we talk about is love language this week was, yeah. like, was brought up.
0: That's a new book I'm reading. Hmm.
2: And it started after... um graduating high school, I started to realize that my, my love language is touch. Hmm. No matter, it's not even about um, the gender, but it's more so just like those small intimate touches. They definitely, there's something that uh, make me feel happy and make me feel like, oh, this person cares about me. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how I like to translate that to other people too. So even from like, just touching people in the back, hugging them and just like, just showing them that i care or even like quality time and that's even me and my friends now ariel and alex we spend a good majority of our time i would call them like my brothers or just my family in this family in general but um yeah it's translating well. i love it
1: yeah yeah when you were in high school like when you in relationships of has it been i guess to put it Kind of in a stereotype, is it? Has it been met with like, oh, you're you're a different kind of guy, or like, or is it like, oh wow, this is great, or is it at first like, oh wow, that's a little weird, or?
2: I definitely had um, like, at, even at my job, a lot of people were like, oh, Adam, we thought you were gay, and I was like, that's mm. eh, it's whatever. I really usually that doesn't really bother me because it's I'm not really trying to. I don't live a life where I care really much how people identify me. It's more so like how. I know myself personally so whatever perceptions people have of me it really doesn't affect me too much and it does bring uh especially in like New York City it does you have the opportunity to open a conversation about it Mm -hmm. and it's I don't feel it try not to I think one masculine trait that I'm happy or a hyper masculine trait that I don't have is that need to feel attacked Mm. I don't usually get that urge where somebody says something and i'm like oh but i'm not i'm not gay Hmm. i'm usually just like cool i'm i'm not but it's whatever to me yeah like even if i was it's super chill and yeah
1: yes like it almost seems like a kind of just like comfort and confidence
2: yeah just be i feel like as long as you know who you are one i think some a lot of things or just growing up taught me to defend myself but i feel like we live in a society where we we spend too long defending ourselves where you should just you are yourself and just be okay with that you don't mm. have to defend your it's no honor to defend yeah your honored by yourself
1: yeah you keep, you've said that like the, this idea of honor is several times and it's like it's so true it's like there are these things that we like I, I, I attach to or you know like like the idea of like well, don't say anything about my mother or don't say you know or like these things like I remember when i so I grew up in Oklahoma and but I grew up in a very liberal family, a very like maybe I don't know if you would call it a traditional maybe not what I, I I experienced other people thought of Oklahoma. Um, You know, my dad lived in Colorado, and I I would travel and stuff, and I would meet people, and they would be like, oh, do you, like, ride a horse to school, and, like, do you live on a farm? And I grew up in Oklahoma City, like, this normal you know sort of middle america city and i remember for a long time like into college and later like i would get so angry like i was always a very chill person but for some reason when people like calling me a hick would like enrage me i remember one mm-hmm. time me and my college roommate like our fir- like freshman year roommate they put you together with like we almost like like gotten like a fist fight because he was like oh you want to ride like drive the truck da-da. he was like from chicago or something and i just remember and it's so funny that like now i could care less like if you like well, yeah it makes sense you might think that or like you you don't know if you've never been there Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's not that it's like a but at the time some of these things feel like i have to defend this idea like i had you said something earlier where you said like i learned i knew that words didn't what did you say like words don't
2: words don't words don't mean hit it doesn't Ye- it doesn't entitle it doesn't actually hurt you it re- yeah. even as cliche as it sounds yeah. like the sticks and stones stuff but words actually don't really have an effect yeah it emotionally sometimes gets to you yeah and that's okay and you you can allow that but
1: yeah
2: it doesn't have to bring on this attack mode
1: and, and it, it yeah ex- that it's like it has way more to do with how i feel about what you're saying mm-hmm. and like because like if i'm the same person but if and i'm still from the same place and if you ask me maybe i was like uncomfortable that i was from oklahoma or i was i thought it meant that or i was being judged or yeah. i had you know what i mean and i like love it about myself now or like or it could be any other thing or like because it's there's there's been times in my life like also people have like thought i was gay or whatever and i feel like at other times in my life people would say it to me and i'd be like what why why would you think that why what and now i'm just like oh okay no i'm not but like yeah that's um so i think you're right like if you are okay with something there's not really anything anyone can do to upset you about it yeah but
2: But still like i feel like even um i was reading like this article talking about um i was talking about um black masculinity and it was talking about how it is something as this st- is the status quo defined art how black masculinity was it was something that's been put down on us not just from like our own perceptions but based off like systematic oppression mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. and then it just started hitting me i was like i don't I don't even know if like as a black man what does it mean to like is there a real definition to being a black man because it most of it is something that's been told down to us from like people who weren't who weren't us and then after that stuff that we just started just changing into our own selves or like embracing Mm -hmm. we started embracing this culture and it still I'm still trying to figure out like I don't think I'm trying to figure out like what does it mean to be a man but like what does it mean to be a person, somebody who just like is fluent in it all. Cause I feel like that's something that's not taught in school. It's not, we're not taught to be fluent in like in just all norms. Because I think we spend a good amount of time just like identifying like, this is what men should be doing. And this is what women should be Mm -hmm. doing. But I I seen, I seen a woman who did everything and I I seen women who did everything. Cause most of the people who raised like, my teachers. I realized one of my teachers, for some remarkable reason, up until twelfth grade, all my teachers were women. Mm-hmm. My babysitter, woman. It was just yeah. Even my my mother, my grandmother. I don't remember having too many uncles. It was mainly all my aunts, and I'm like, I'm like these. They were doing everything that supposedly men are supposed to be doing, and they're not being. I feel like those are not the things people talk about. These black women are doing everything that men are doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes doing it even better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're so just, almost like kind of from an early age showing you, maybe before you had the even words to under, to kind of put into words, this idea that like, of like, kind of breaking those walls, the walls down, huh? But like, <laughs> but like the, that. The sort of fluidity of it that it's not like you can do this and you can do this and it is mm-hmm. genetically you should be doing this and yeah
2: no that's that's all stuff that the people created it's not something that's written the there's genetic differences and then after that there's the stuff that we've created like, yeah the boys like blue girls like pink i'm like personally i love salmon pink that's a beautiful (laughs) color yeah Um, it's none of the none of it is linear all of it is just based off of who you are and i feel like it's it's weird that we have it feels strange to have to talk about it these days because i feel like you have to it feels like a lot of people are defending their gender and i'm just like I wish the world was just so fluent where we didn't even have to just talk about it. We could just live our lives and mm. just be just be okay with what we, who we are. Yeah. Yeah, just be us.
0: <clears throat> that goes back to what we were talking about earlier in this week <clears throat> when you went to Uniqlo and you wanted that scarf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the I mean, guy at Uniqlo was like, that's a girl scarf and you're like nah it's a, it's <laughs> it's a, a scarf. scarf yeah <laughs> how do you even know it's because
2: supposedly to them a small scarf is a men's scarf yeah and a big scarf is a woman's scarf and i was like
1: what oh that to lenny kravitz have you guys that's, seen that picture of lenny kravitz like, where he has like a whole blanket on yeah,
2: i'm like first off that <laughs> scarf is amazing it's fire yeah and i'm just like huh and I told, I told him, I was like, No, it's no it's not. It's just a it's a scarf. There's yeah. certain I feel like we put gender on things that are it was they had a whole section, like they had whole two different sections, women's socks, men's socks. <laughs> and I was like, That thermal socks, I just want socks. What the,
1: Yeah. No, that was it on here or maybe this was somewhere else I was talking about. This I I before I even like started thinking about this kind of stuff and all like led to this place, I remember when it was like kind of around when like axe body spray and all that stuff started coming out mm-hmm. and they started having like swab shampoo for men and i was like that's just swab shampoo. like maybe it has a little <laughs> bit of a different smell to it or something but it's like it's, shampoo- it's like don't use a regular shampoo like some kind of pussy. like yeah. this is for a man like as if you like have a regular swab you're like ah get this out of here like yeah it, but it's and then it works and then you're like oh i, I gotta buy new shampoo now because I'm a man, and I. Uh,
2: I have to obviously. It's all wear. programming. It yeah. is programming. It's all It's all and it's something That they teach you when you're young, and it, it sells. It sells like hot fire. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. But would yeah. you
0: say they feed, they teach you or they force feed you? I. Is that a young age? Do we have a choice?
2: We don't have a choice. It is force fed. But I know that's like for Moose knowledge. That's like, like I said. If we're gonna. Because I know we've had this conversation that uh, mm-hmm. if you are going to educate kids when they're younger, one of the classes, I think that kids should have empathy. Yes. I think mm. that's something that we we don't understand the concept of I feel. Mm-hmm. And when we hear I feel, especially for like men, a lot of when men, when you hear I feel, you feel attacked sometimes. Yeah. And I feel is not an attack, it's a personal. That person is saying, I feel like this. Yeah. You have to take it for what it is. It's not... It's not you. Mm -hmm. It's them.
1: Yeah, it is this idea of like convincing. It it, it comes almost like this. You know, kind of what we're. I I hope we're doing on here, and I realize, like, I realize we are in a bubble. We're in all the guests we have on here are from New York. We have our certain opinions, but I know there are people out there that do not feel the same way, like that disagree with uh, the way I interpret. But the whole idea that I've come to on this and the idea of interviewing different people is like, I have my experience and I know how I feel about it and what's Mm -hmm. happened to me. Like, I can't tell you your feeling about what happened to you is wrong. And I do, I think you're so right when you say like, it gets, it often gets into this defense mode where we're like, I hear what you're saying and I have to like, it makes me maybe feel uncomfortable or it just doesn't fit into the way I feel. And so I have to tell you you're, you're wrong. No, like you don't. And it's like, going back to you said like we could all be so comfortable to it would be great if we could just be like oh you feel that way i feel this way like that's that's you this is me like i do i see that a lot with this is my opinion but my take on it is like with a lot of backlash towards like gender identity or you know like uh you know people like we've talked about like privilege and like white privilege but like i feel like the backlash the heated back like you see people like oh what the fuck like if you have x chromosome blah, 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 you're this and it's like i feel like i was doing typing with my hands because <laughs> i feel like it's so much of it's online but uh but i uh, you experience that in person but i feel like so much of it is because it's it doesn't sit comfortably in your understanding of the world and maybe it, So you want it to not be true or you want to discredit it as opposed like me. It's like, you know, I fuck up gender pronouns with people sometimes and I get like embarrassed or I'm like, ah, fuck. But, and I, and I care, I want to try and better, but my belief is like, yeah, go call you whatever you want. Like if you, you feel that way, great. Like I, I, you know, I'm, I think I've let go of some of that, uh, I need it all to make sense to me. It needs to feel right to me. It's like if it feels right to you, cool. Like
2: yeah, and I feel like it's even down to being okay with somebody calling you out, calling you out if you're wrong. Yeah. Because even my coworker, they pronounce the go by they. Yeah. And first, the first couple of weeks, I just kept messing up. I messed up countless Mm. times, and. They didn't say anything. They allowed me to just like co- start correcting myself because I will feel embarrassed, but I don't I sh I shouldn't feel embarrassed. I should just say, hmm, I can get better at this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. can improve at this. I yes. can do I can do better.
1: Yeah. Well and like and I think and I'll like I'll I'll be like coming from Oklahoma and the space I was in is like very like whitewashed kind of space and like I know when I like started hanging out with a lot more like people of color it's like I wanted to but, but I was so like scared to even say anything like you know what I mean it's like even now when I'll be like talking to someone who I know identifies themselves as like black not they they don't say African-American or like or maybe like I had a friend in college who was like no I'm not African-American like my dad's Haitian like I'm not I don't I didn't have that. but like I'm like can, can I say black or it's like there's this weird where it's like someone is telling me how they identify and I'm still have these things of like, it's just, it gets complicated and it gets uncomfortable. And, it, but then to shut down and just not talk about it then or not ask questions is easier, but it is not helpful. If that goes back to what we were saying, like in school,
0: they should teach communication Ooh. on how to communicate <laughs> it's, like properly. It's like a- ask questions. If you don't know something, ask. But like, I mean, I get it too because I get nervous, too. Like, I don't want to mess up. And then there's that shame component. Mm. You know, like, oh, fuck, I'm dumb. I shouldn't ask this question.
2: And it's But it's okay. And I Mm -hmm. think that's one thing we keep forgetting. Because even, I grew up in Harlem in the Bronx. And those are, like, too Mm hyper-masculine. Like, those areas, they were areas where I think BET and all of those stuff, they portrayed these kind of neighborhoods. And Mm it's so strange because I felt like, we there was no communication you couldn't even speak if you you knew that they were gay people and that's it but even down to my mother i brought her out to dinner one time and we ran into somebody who identified as trans Mm -hmm. but my mother it was uh it definitely was like a slip of like the tongue and she kept saying this she kept saying he he and i was Mm -hmm. like oh i kept trying to point like stop stop it mom and then we had but the thing is she is open-minded we had a whole conversation about it at the end of it, because that's one thing I picked up on, just living in different and in a different neighborhood, just communicate about it. Me and her, we just talked about. It. I was like, that person identifies as she, and you have to just accept that. Mm. And at first, she was like really against it. She was like, but I don't understand why. Blah, blah, blah. But and I get it because sometimes it is a generation that she comes from where yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's set in for her is like set in stone. But yeah. like mm-hmm. she was she, at, she did take it and. It was hard. Forcing communication, especially on a person who, who, was, who is set in her ways, it's, it was a little difficult.
0: I think that's the first, what you said, that's the first step. Like change, accepting that change is going to be hard and uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. Ooh, yeah. But, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's not possible. Hmm. It's definitely going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to slip up. You're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Hmm. As long as you're committed to, like, you know, you mess up, it's not the end of the world. You're not a bad person. You can move forward and learn. That's the whole point of, like, changing. You're going to mess up.
1: Yeah. And and if you're interested, you know, I think a lot of people who are interested, I I hate when I say that. I think a lot of people are, I want to talk, I don't want to talk for other people, but like, Being interested in equality and change and, like, being that, like, you have to have that uncomfortable part. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to go through that uncomfortable part. Like, I've talked about this, like, coming to New York and, like, really confronting my, like, privilege and this kind of thing. And, like, it's almost like it's this thing... That if I'm being realistic, it's, like, so obviously there, but it's, like, but if I just don't talk about it, like, we can all just pretend, like, it's cool, but it's, like, but that doesn't help it get more, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. as a straight white male, and I know I've gone, I go off this all the time, but, like, it's, like, of course, I have privilege, like, of course, and, like, but it's just, it's not fun to talk about. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel bad. So, I I could just avoid it and not talk about it, but then it, if I say I'm for equality, I have to be uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. So, oh, this is good. this is you know we could talk. Let, let's um, <laughs> let's take a break and then we'll uh, come back and do some questions. Nice. All right.
2: cool.
1: Welcome back to Walls Down. I'm Walker. I'm Mike. We're here with Adam. Hello. Gonna do uh, do the six questions. Um, I'll start. Do you have them memorized? No, I have it right here. Oh, right. Uh, But the sixth one is... All right, I'll start. The first question. When are you scared?
2: When am I scared? Hmm. When I'm working on projects, I start to question what am I doing or is it worth it? Or even like where am I going to be in a couple of years? i start to have like a lot of irrational fears of like the future. Hmm. Any project though. That's just like, it could be like the smallest thing and I'm just like, should I be doing something else right now?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like question, just second guessing yourself.
2: Second guessing myself and just, cause I have like a lot of dreams that I do want. And I never know if what I'm doing presently is going to help me, get to my dreams in the future
0: Mm.
2: and that sometimes not even sometimes it always scares me
0: Mm.
2: and it makes I feel like that's when I get a lot of anxiety and I start to just like I have to push past like a lot of the depression that starts to sink in from there too because once I start questioning myself it's like all of the voices in my head it just starts trickling down at that point so I gotta usually I'm scared of myself usually Mm a great answer. I like that.
0: I relate. (laughs) All right. Number two, what do you need from people?
2: Just their presence. I feel like I try not to ask too much of people just because I grew up not asking too much. I stayed quiet most of the time. So it's hard. and it's something i'm trying to also break a habit that i'm trying to break Mm -hmm. out of myself because when i i can be fallen and i I don't know if i'll ask for help and i'm and that's another thing i'm scared of i don't know if i i'm never even like when i first moved out of my apartment and like the first year was like the hardest year ever because first year in new york city on my own and i'm I, didn't even, I couldn't even call my mother and tell her I needed help because I was just so afraid to say that I'm not doing good in this life. Yeah. Mm.
0: Damn. Yep.
2: And I was like, am I going to just look like I, I can't handle it Mm-hmm. Or if I'm weak? And that's irrational. And that's like, it's crazy because I should be asking for help.
0: Do you think that ties into like the, our masculinity? Like...
2: Oh, for sure. Like
0: hmm. I'm a man... I okay. should have this all figured out.
2: Yeah, how am I if my mother can do it, why can't I do it? Hmm. Yeah. It's that's crazy to me, but it's good to have people in the same kind of struggle. That's the one thing about living in a city, you look around you and it's not just you struggling. I think we all try to struggle silently. Yes. But the thing is everybody's still struggling. You know it. You have to just keep that in your mind too cuz a lot of people would just It starts to once you start letting the voices get in, it's always just, oh my God, I'm the only person in this world going through this right now. How is this possible? And it's, it's, it is impossible. That's, that's like the question you ask yourself, the question at that point, how is this possible? And Hmm. you're like, it's not possible. You got to sometimes respond back to yourself. It's not. Everybody Hmm. is, everybody struggles. It might be a different struggle, but everybody's struggling. You got to be okay with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was, Did I hit no, home? For you? I hope I can. Yeah, tell myself <laughs> that. Uh, I forget that too. Um, number three. When do you feel hurt?
2: When? That's a hard. That's a good question because it even um, this week. One of my best friends, Misha. Me and her, right now, we're taking a break from being friends, and that's just because I haven't. In this last year, I think I've definitely. I definitely feel like I've become a little bit more selfish with my time and it's more so I spend I spend more time either with myself or with um, like my friends Ariel and Alex and I forgot to connect with her Hmm. and we got into a lot of arguments just because there wasn't any more communication between us because she is somebody considering my sister and um, she hurt me this week though because I cried when she was like You're not a good friend. It was just like a lot of that, and that was one of the one these. It's many times, but this is one of the times this year where I felt like I didn't hear, I didn't empathize, I didn't say, I didn't. I saw her say, "I feel like you're not a good friend," but instantly I felt like she said, "You're not a good friend," and instantly I felt attacked, and I was like, "How am I not a good friend?" Mm, I I even I ended up calling off a work just because I felt I was stressed. I was crying at home, and I'm like. My one best friend told me that I'm not a good friend. Hmm. And I think if somebody questions my character, that's when it feels, I feel hurt. I think that's my weakness right there. Yeah, and And I guess that does go back to like my middle school thing of trying, I had to build that kind of concept of defending my honor, but you, for the most part, I'm okay with it but it's when my character is questioned. I think that's when, that's the armor that nobody can really see and that's the one thing that pierces. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, there you go. Sorry. Uh, Number four, who intimidates you?
2: who intimidates me hmm i gonna say my sister <laughs> and it's more so because like i said we're only a, a year and um a couple of months apart but i feel like me and her this year our relationship is since high school or since when we were younger we weren't we always got along when we was at home. We had our fights like every other brother and sister, but we, outside of that, we never hung out. And once we both graduated high school, we, I could feel that our relationship changed. And we trying, we began trying to become friends. This year's definitely been like a rockier year for that, and it's more so because I don't know how to be friends with my sister because I feel like I don't really know her. To the extent that she wants me to, and I feel like I, I'm intimidated mainly because I can't. I don't know if I can live up to her standard of what a big brother is supposed to do, mm. or be, because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what a big brother is really. Mm. I feel like for the most part, she had her own. We were never. It was never a point where she asked me for help, and I don't know if I'm supposed to. Then, know she needed help and this is where i i feel like some days wish i had a father yeah so he can have answered those questions like this is when your sister needs help and i feel like i'm intimidated because i don't think i'm i don't think i'm the protector that she needs or wants
1: yeah i have nothing to say i don't know it's answers (laughs) These are very good answers. I no um <laughs> hmm. uh, question five When are you proud of yourself?
2: when my projects circle around my friends, I feel like it's easy for me to like come up with like things like I bake, I don't bake, but um I wanted me and my brother we started this pastry company Fire. and <laughs> but. I wanted to make sure this was one of the projects where I got to work with people other than just myself because I usually do like video editing kind of things and that's cool sitting by myself doing the editing but it is lonely and I remember the first night we baked together it was on June 23rd 2018 and that was I felt so much happiness and just those it was long it was a long shift too but I can only keep smiling because I was like, I love the fact that we shared, we was just sharing jokes and just smiling. Hmm. And it made me, I felt super successful in that moment. I felt proud. I felt like this is my dream. I just want to help my friends yeah. achieve do things that they love. And if I can be a supporter in that or just any form of advocate, even this week, I called my friend Jaren. I was like, Jaren he wants to, he does music. He's doing his own thing. He's already doing pretty well. I was like, I want to give like one day to you. Cause he, when I first started doing video projects, he came in and he, um, he, he always offered his time for free. He was just helping me out with everything. And I said, I want to repay you back now. How can I offer my time to you? And I just want to, he was like, Oh, we can, I would love if you did videos for me and I'll make sure you get paid. I was like, dude, it's not about the pay. It's about you. That's like, more than that's more than enough is him it's my friends my friends are that's 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 all i need i think hmm. yeah
1: like yeah it's interesting like the pride of it sounds way more about connection yes. like the success of connecting and the, being with someone
2: the success of connecting but it's
0: that quality
1: time
2: the quality time in the building i feel like even this year, one of the arguments for my sister with me and my sister had is that, um, I've distanced myself from the family, and it's because I think I try to justify it, but in my head, I know I'm trying my hardest to build something where i don't I do want children one day and I don't want them to have the same struggles that me and my family had growing up hmm. but I also want to make sure that my family, my current family, my mother, and my sister that I can take care of them when I'm older too. It's, I want to make sure I can take care of everybody. And it's not to be the male, it's to give back to the one person who was my hero growing up.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think, I feel like you don't need to, man or woman, I think you you want to give back to the person who who just, who helped you the most. Yeah.
0: That was good. <laughs> when do you feel like your most authentic self?
2: Hmm. Most of my, when do I feel like my most authentic self? When I'm traveling with my two, I would say my two best friends, Ariel and Alex. When I'm with them, most of the times we spend most of our days laughing about stuff that I know other people will be like, what? What are you talking about? Hmm. But it feels like the time doesn't exist it's like we're just all in a room and we just live in life hmm. and even sometimes we could just be sitting we'd just be sitting just reading just just doing our own personal things but it feels like the energy like the energy is in a room and it's just protecting all of us and those with those two I'm able to show like the love that I have I'm able to like i'm able to give hugs i'm able to give compliments to two other guys who are also just giving the same kind of love and compliments back and hugs and just we go into even though i go into society and we do the same thing It nothing alters and that's when i feel like my authentic self is when i'm around them
0: yeah nice
1: yeah we've had other people talk about like it's it's around certain people when you you know, like that brings out the truth in who you are. And those are the people that help you feel authentic. It's
2: yeah. crazy because when, on the first day we did the markets for our pastries, I uh, invited my mother and she sat with um, she sat with me the whole day. I was like, "Whoa, my mother came out here and sat in the cold rain with me the whole time. And all of my friends showed up and Ariel and Alex came. And that's when I became my authentic self, mm-hmm. even a friend of my mother. And she came to me and she was like, Adam, this is like the happiest I've seen you. And I was like, "This it's because of these people. All of these people are. They bring, they bring Adam out. Hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. I felt that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so thank you so much for being on. No, um, oh, thank you
2: for having me. It was, it was amazing. You <laughs> should see this light in here. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got the vibes uh, going. Is there anything, you know, you want to plug or any, you know, anything people should, you know, any of the projects that people could support?
2: Um, I feel like it's nothing. I don't really want to see, um, sell myself, but I say. so you can. No. What? Um, I think uh, ultimately, ultimately, I think I want to just leave off with most of all of the concepts that we have in like uh, our life is social constructs. And it's up to us to just like build our own realities. There's no, all of these things that people tell us does not matter. Or even the stuff that people tell us to identify by, it doesn't matter. Whatever you identify by or whatever we, who you feel you are, that's it. And you can just tell people that and it's up to the people to just and I feel like if you run into a real empathetic person, they'll call you by whatever name you need, hmm. which is, it's honoring. It's beautiful.
1: I'm on, I plug that as well. <laughs> I also plug that. Uh, all right, well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, like we always say, uh, if you if you uh, want to get in touch with us uh, or if you want to be a guest, if you want to, uh, we, we're actually talking about, uh, you know, we'd love to have somebody on here who feels differently, has different, you Please. know, I, I realize yeah. that we often kind of all share, even though there's all these different stories, we kind of share the same way of thinking. But if you, if you hate, listen to this podcast and you live in the New York area and want to come beyond, come on. Love, we're not going to argue with you. We want to hear your opinion and your story. Um, so that being said, if you want to get in touch with us, it's uh, email us at walls podcast at gmail.com. um, uh, wherever you're listening if you know subscribe rate it review it all that helps um and you can follow us at wall down podcast on Instagram there's yeah we say it every week there's nothing on our Instagram <laughs> <laughs> we, we are not good in i mean follow it if you want yeah, i, I not literally i don't even think we have like the we have no main pictures. picture yeah. we don't even have like our all right <laughs> We, we're not good at the social media part of it. Uh, but I will say if you are good at social media, email us, <laughs> if you want to help us, but no, what, more so than rating it or reviewing or whatever. If you like this and you want other people to hear it, please share it, share, yes. you know, post about it on Instagram, a favorite episode or whatever, because that's really how people are going to hear about it and hear it. And you know, we're, we're, we just keep doing it, but it is also, you know, if, uh, if you want other people to hear it, let them know. Because we suck at letting them know. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate yeah. you. Oh, thank you. And for the friendship me. This we was, are building. Ah, oh, this appreciate was beautiful you. today. I loved it. That's, I love it. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace. Bye.